I'm Megan and this is Matt and we are the founders of Kid Strong and this is Building Stronger Kids. Um, this is a special parent um, edition of nutrition but we're also going to, um, Paul has also has some tips and advice for the kiddos as well. So this is Paul Nobles, good friend and founder of Eat to Perform. They have 1.4 million followers on Facebook. They have private groups and they, they do anything from coaching world-class athletes to uh, lots of mom and dads uh, just trying to dial things in. Paul's a good friend. I love having spirited conversations with Paul. Uh, but he, knows, <laughs> he knows a ton about life in general. So we want to bring Paul on because we get questions all the time from parents asking nutrition advice. So we thought we'd bring somebody in that does that for a living and talk to Paul. So Paul, welcome. Well, thank you for having me. Um, you know, the story of Eat Reform is sort of interesting because um, I had spent uh, probably the previous 10 years uh, traveling the world. I was, I was an entrepreneur for lots of different things. Um, and then uh, <laughs> kind of almost by happenstance, I ended up becoming a professional poker player. And, and through being a professional poker player, um, I got very comfortable analyzing large sets of data and uh, when I would see myself on the World Series of Poker broadcasts or World Poker Tour broadcasts, I was like, oh, my goodness, it's that bad, you know. And, um, and so I started to do something about it. And that started this cycle of dieting that just landed me with more and more weight every single time I did it. And being an analytical person and being able to be very comfortable with large sets of data I was basically like, this is, I just can't be ignorant here, you know, um, and I can't follow what the standard message is because at the end of the day, the amount of people that are successful dieting is less than 3%. And in that 3%, many of them are very rigid. They live very, uh, I wouldn't say that they've learned, you know, a lot. They just feel almost imprisoned by the information that they have and they just get scared to add more food and, and things of this nature. So I knew there had to be a better way. And so once I started to kind of analyze the, the data and started to see that was, I was really not getting to the place that I needed to go. Now you have to understand that at this point I am a five, eight male, <laughs> I'm 255 pounds. And so uh, the one thing that I really had never tried up to that point, I, I wasn't inactive. Um, I was actually, it, it sort of surprises me looking back that, you know, I, I'm a normal fidgety type person. I'm normally, you know, walking around and pacing and things of that nature, which is actually much more beneficial than most people think. But, uh, you know, as I got bigger and bigger, um, it, it, a lot of that changed. And so the one thing that I really had not done previous to that was just take my exercise kind of to a new level. Right. And so I, I, I dove right in, you know, uh, just very quickly went from 255 to around 220. Um, 
And it seemed like I got under 200 within like six months. I don't really remember. It was a long time ago at this point. Um, that was, that would have been 39. I'm now 51. So just to give you some perspective. So I started blogging about it. Like I said, the, the website was called your diet sucks because, um, the way that most people were dieting was they would just eat less and they would get to the point where they were working out at 60% and really just not, not seeing the kind of progress. And then the thing about, I think for most people, especially people that are active is that we hear is that um, I feel like I'm doing a lot and not seeing the result for the amount that I do. Right. And that is very common for your CrossFit type population or, you know, people that are doing hit similar to what you're doing with Parent Strong. And so uh, as we started to get more specific, so initially we were just like this information site. And then when I started to blog, we exploded. Um, the things that I was saying is not common information. The, the ideas that, that you could use food as an ally and be more, um, more of a human being as a result, right? And, and you could push things at my highest levels. Uh, actually, for a very long time, I was losing weight, eating over 5,000 calories a day. Now, I was very active, much more active than I am, say, now. But I was also very motivated at that point. I was, I was really motivated for, for great life change. And I was not someone that wasn't comfortable being uncomfortable, right? And, and that did help me. I think one of the things that, that often happens for people that were in my situation is they just don't realize how monumental the task is and they become very impatient. You know, um, it took me basically two years to lose a hundred pounds. We get lots of questions from parents about nutrition. I'm from the adult fitness space. We get thousands of questions about nutrition. A lot of questions end up focusing on exercises or types of exercises or types of workouts. But one of the things we've learned, you know, over the last 10 years is it's, more, there's, it's way more about the nutrition part than it is about exercising and, you know, can you enlighten us on some of the things you guys learned and teach at each perform? Yeah, so so with the data sets, this is what I was talking about in in the last few ones, is because of how comfortable I am with data. When Eat Inform first started, we were putting out information, and that information was good. But when people used it, there was like the small little details that that people would have wrong. And so over the course of roughly eight years, we went from basically an info product. I don't know if you guys remember, but everyone was buying eBooks back in the day, right? And so you'd buy $50 eBooks and, and we would sell a lot of those. And we had 250,000 clients doing that, that were in our forums and we were talking to them and things of this nature. And some people had amazing success and then there were others that really struggled. And I knew once I was able to get into the data that I would be able to solve the issue. Now, <laughs> there are things that are difficult to solve and take some time, right? But we're able to typically figure it out. But, but, but 
99.999% of the time, the answer is this. When people are dieting, and when I say people, I mean women, right? <laughs> I, that was the one thing that was really shocking about Eat Reform. I was a guy. I was expecting all these guys to show up and, and want to hear about how we were going to beast mode. And then all these beast mode women started showing up. <laughs> and these, these like CrossFit Games athletes started calling me up because no one in that space was saying what I was saying at that time. Um, it, it was paleo, things of this nature. And then I started to hear from like Olympic weightlifters, um, like actual Olympians. And I'm just like a dude in my basement blogging, right? Um, but I did have, I did have um, through my experience, a lot of connections with PhDs because I had money through, you know, like I said, with, with poker and things of this nature. And I wasn't really trying to solve the world's problems. I was trying to solve Paul Noble's problems. But in solving Paul Noble's problems, I was like, wow, I can't believe people don't know this, right? This is not super common information. And what really, as I was losing weight, eating 5,000 calories a day, and like I said, I was working out a lot at that point, but I was also very motivated because I was 255 pounds. I also had young children at that point. This is where the connection between me and Kids Strong and Parents Strong is going to be really big. Yeah. I would say that the biggest issue that I see is pregnancy. Mm. Pregnancy and trying to get back to pregnancy weight for men and women um, yeah. is, is one of the biggest issues, right? And that was, that was actually one of the biggest issues for me because both of my daughters were very young when I started to get fit. And now they're in their 20s. And so we'll talk a little bit about that. But I think what happens with, you know, moms that are pregnant is that they make too drastic of a change too quickly. And then what ultimately ends up happening is if they're breastfeeding, it might affect milk supply and, and things of this nature. And there's a very strong connection related to, I'm just kind of speculating here, but there's a very strong connection related to, to mental health and how much you're eating. And I think, you know, a certain percentage of women um, struggle with post-pregnancy mental health, right? And it certainly would not help, as an example, to, you know, try to get back to pre-pregnancy weight really fast by under-eating while you're going through mental struggles, right? And so... Um, and, and it might sound like the guys are unaffected. I can tell you that the guys aren't unaffected, right? As your wife changes and, and her situation changes, you know, we see a lot of guys that, you know, there was people joking in the forums about dad bod type stuff. Dad bod is just another way to kind of call yourself fat. <laughs> that's not, it's not something that we act. I mean, I know it's funny, yeah. but, but that's not something we actually allow. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I don't allow, you know, people to talk to themselves that way. And, and what we really try to work on is that inner dialogue, right. That allows you the way that I sort of look at it is that a coach is sort of like a cheerleader. Right. And so think about what cheerleaders do is, when the quarterback gets sacked for a 15-yard loss, 
The cheerleaders don't go, yay, that's great, right? They're quiet, right? And so at that point, a coach is more or less walking you through things. So if somebody's having negative conversations with themselves in their brain, we sort of walk them through how to, how to make that a little bit better. But what a cheerleader does is when there's a first down or a touchdown, they cheer, right? And so we're constantly trying to put more eggs in the positive basket and then less eggs in the negative basket, right? And so we, that's, that's a big part of, of what coaching is. And when you look at what we do, the calorie part's the easy part. I mean, I can nail that, you know, like I said, 99.999% <laughs> of the time. Because what we're doing, we do not guess, right? This is not just one of these systems where you are under eating drastically, you know, because you gain 10 weight, 10 pounds of weight over the holidays. This is a system that basically is going to get you food so that you are more of a human being most of the time. And then once we have kind of the specifics, right? then we can really dial in to get you, you know, like the common thing is, is for someone to just start losing weight to, to kind of just manage their weight. And then the next thing is they might want abs, right? And we can take you through all pieces of that journey. It's also not like, you know, we just did a podcast where we talked about why abs really aren't important right? Is that each one is not really about abs. It's about aging. It's about being there for your kids, kids, right? And I know for a lot of people that are kind of struggling with the adjustment, you know, of, of how do I get a specific result, um, that that can be challenging. So I think this would probably be a good time to kind of go into some of the questions that people brought up. Um, because, I think it'll give a, a little bit more insights on what we do and how we do it. So there was one person that talked about energy, right? And, and what we all know is that when we were single, we had a lot more time, right? And now all of a sudden you add these little people in your life and you lose a lot of time. And oftentimes it becomes overwhelming. What naturally ends up happening, like I said, is it, a pregnant mom might, you know, try to lose weight. And because she's trying to lose weight, you know, she's wondering why she doesn't have energy anymore. Well, energy in equals energy out, right? So the whole podcast that we did the other day was on non-exercise activity thermogenesis. And what basically that is, is that's the period of time where you aren't exercising, which is most of the time, right? Yeah. And so just getting up throughout the day, just you, kind of the fidgeting type of, of energy that, that you have, you, you will not have that if your calories are drastically low. And one of the things that, that I think is, is sort of hurting a lot of people, and when I say a lot of people, once again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point to women because men are different right? So Megan wants to lose weight. She has to get very specific. You know, she's meal planning, things of this nature. Matt wants to lose weight. He just doesn't go to five guys as right. much as he used to, right? So it, it, is a, it is a very different thing. And men naturally have more muscle, so we can naturally eat more. And even in the case of, of, 
of women with a lot of weight to lose, you know, we do often find that we have to get more aggressive, but that's why you cycle back, right? And, and, and the problem is, is the way that most people cycle back to normal, they just stop doing Weight Watchers or they just stop doing Slim Fast or, or Paleo or whatever it is that they do. And they don't really know what they're doing, right? And so they, they always end up eating, you know, as an example, I mean, one thing that we see fairly common is people kind of like to eat about 14, people, once again, women, uh, about 14 to 1500 calories a day, right? Well, you know, we have women, I, I had a, 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 a great example that I did a video on recently in my private groups where a person came to us at 14 to 1500 calories and, and now she's eating 2,700 calories at, a, at 30 pounds lower than she was before. And if you think about it logically and physiologically, it makes sense that that would happen, right? You naturally have more energy in that instance. Most people don't really have any idea what their real calories should be, right? And so I'll, I'll just step out for just a second. Do you guys have any questions? Because I definitely want to address the one thing that Lisa mentioned, because I think it's something that people struggle with a lot. Or do you want me to just go into it? Yeah, I would just go into it. We, and I have some common ones after this. We can go through it. Okay, so, so Lisa mentioned to me that she wanted to know why things fall apart when she can't meal prep and things of this nature. And then she mentioned that uh, she'll often have sweet cravings. So I want you to think of it like it's your four-year-old talking to you, right? So your four-year-old says, um, Mom, Dad, I'm done with brushing my teeth. It's mm -hmm. just too inconvenient, right? And then, you know, I get like this stimulation from video games that makes me feel great, right? And so I'm going to play video games all the time. Well, as parents, we would step in and go, look, little Johnny or little Jenny, you need to prioritize these things because they're important to your health, right? And I think that's a little bit of what happens, right? Is we were all single, we didn't have kids, and now we do have kids. And so the things that used to work no longer work. And then you have to add in these habits that are going to make you a better person, right? You would never let your child get away with these things. You would, you, I mean, the one thing that we all have, now I'm just going to tell you, I have, I have, I have a 18 year old daughter who scored a perfect on the ACT um, for, for math. Um, and I have a 20 year old daughter who's also very intelligent. Both of them are smarter than me right now. You have your opportunity. They are three and four years old, right? So you can do things to move them in the right direction right yeah. now. But the problem is, is that as adults, we don't accept the challenge that look, it just is what it is. And so I'm going to address both things. The cook the chicken part. Is that what we're talking about? Right? Because that is what we're talking about. Right? If you go to my refrigerator right now, there's a pound and a half of chicken that I could cook on Sundays. Yeah, it's usually three pounds, right? I've eaten through most of it. It is Thursday. 
I cook two pounds of steak. That's gone because I prefer steak over chicken, yeah. <laughs> right? I, it, that's what we're talking about here. We are talking about grilling for 15 minutes or putting chicken in. See, I think one of the things that sort of happens, you, you have salad mixes, you have black beans in a can, you have white rice that you can get from, from Trader Joe's. We're making this too difficult. Yeah. Right. My my foods are simple. When she says she craves craves um, sugar, first of all, you, you have to you have to look at what you have in your house as either beneficial, not bad or good. Don't do that, right? Because that just sets up a bad relationship with food. But is it beneficial to me or not beneficial to me? I eat Dairy Queen. I eat a lot of foods, but I drive by McDonald's a lot, and I, it just amazes me how many people are in the drive-through. Mm-hmm. I don't go to McDonald's. Yeah. Like, I don't even, you know, and, but as a parent, I did, right? When, when my kids were three and four, and I did not have the habits in place, I, I had not moved to that, that area. Um, certainly, I went to what was the most convenient thing. But here's the problem. It's not the most convenient thing. You're going to sit in the McDonald's drive-thru for 15 minutes, five Mm -hmm. times a week or three times a week or whatever it is. If you grill chicken and steak on Sunday, that's 15 minutes one time, right? Mm -hmm. I think the other thing too, especially parent to child, and we can get into that a little bit more, um, is that we have too many weird thoughts about what food is. Trust me, your three-year-old child is not going to get obese because they're eating macaroni and cheese, right? right. A, a three-year-old's metabolism right. is 1,300 calories a day. They're running around all the time, right? And they're these little bitty things, you know? Yet we as adults are trying to eat 1,300 calories to lose weight, right? And I'm not saying that you might not have to do that, but I'm saying that living in that space is not good. So that's a little bit of the answer to the sugar problem right? Because here's what's happening. You're trying to lose weight. You're eating, let's say, 1,300 calories, which is, which is actually quite low, but there might be instances on relatively low days where you'd be there. You know, it's so interesting because what I see is so much different than everyone else. So when my clients are at a super low calorie point, it's usually only two days a week and usually for a couple weeks. We can get them great progress all the way up and down the ladder. But what happens when you're hungry is you don't go, you know, it'd be great. Kale salad, right. with balsamic vinegar on it. Right. Yeah. Cause it has like 14 calories in it. Yeah. Right. You, you're going to crave a Twinkie. You're going to, you're going to tr- crave a Twix bar, you know, because it has 250 calories in it. It's not just about the sugar content and things of this nature. I would argue that many of you are Googling the wrong thing. Sugar addiction does not exist, right? The, fact, the simple fact of the matter is certainly it has an effect on the brain and, and things of this nature. But no one is selling their car to get sugar, right? Yeah. Like, like it's trivializing addiction in a way that I don't think is helpful for the discussion because what's happening is people going, well, I'm trying to lose weight, but I keep eating Twix bars. It keeps messing things up, right? 
Well, the problem is, is that if you've never concern, concerned yourself with normalizing calories to the point where you're actually building muscle. And that's where the longevity of life thing comes. Don't just think about where you're at right now. Think about the energy that you want. Think about the, the body that you want to have. Think about how physically able you want to be in a crisis with your child. Right. Because I can tell you that if you're eating 1100 calories and you have to get them out of a car, you're not going to be in the best situation to do that. You have to be physically able to provide for your children and grandchildren for life. Right. And that's my plea. It's not that you should never try to lose weight. It's that there's very little discussion this is why Eat Perform has 1.4 million followers. Because when you look at what we're saying, it's very different than what other people are saying. We're saying food is an ally. We're saying that you can be much more than you've ever considered. And so, you know, when Lisa asked me that question and, and why she has difficulty, she's just made it overcomplicated. That's the issue, right? And the reality is, there's things that are priorities in your life and things that aren't priorities in your life. And at the end of the day, it's really simple. What you put in your body has to become one of the highest priorities in your life, right? Because let's be real. You're choosing Facebook. You're choosing Instagram. You're choosing Everybody Loves Raymond or whatever you watch on television. Over that 15 minutes, it takes to, to, to cook the chicken and, and, and beef. You know, I'm a very simple eater. I make a lot of bowls. You know, I mean, like a bowl with, with black beans, rice, and, and steak, you know, literally, if, the, if, if it's made, it takes about five minutes, yeah. right? And so, so I think people make that part a lot more difficult than it needs to be. I do, I do want to hit on the pregnancy thing because I've had three kids. Um, and speaking of kids, <clears throat> we don't hear ours, so Matt's going to go make sure they're safe. <laughs> Um, but, um, I think when a, a, a woman's body changes as drastically as it does, when we go, um, through childbirth, um, I think we forget like the, that it's going to be okay. Um, and we don't have to rush into, oh my gosh, I have to get back to my pre-pregnancy weight like tomorrow. It takes nine months right? It takes us nine months to get that pregnancy belly and it takes time and, and it, and it, and it might, you know, it's not a sprint to get back, but we, you also have to remember if you are breastfeeding, I breastfed all three of mine and I had to eat constantly. Now I wasn't eating, you know, Twix bars and sugars. I was eating chicken and salad and meat and potatoes and rice but I had to constantly, I was constantly hungry because I was breastfeeding and I was, you know, putting all those calories out. But one thing, and Matt will tell you the same thing, I never stressed about losing weight right away. Like I, I wanted my body to heal and I wanted to have the energy to take care of that newborn and I got adequate sleep. Well, I got as much sleep as I could. Um, but I didn't, I didn't stress over, I have to get back to my pregnancy weight right now, which means I don't eat. Right. I actually ate more and then ended up getting back to the, the weight that I felt comfortable in 
fairly quickly. So I'm going to tell you at least two things about pregnancy that you have never heard. I guarantee it. Right. Um, the first is, is really simple. Um, and, and maybe you would hear it, but I would, I would say that it's probably more than you think. This was something that, you know, through my experience with, with CrossFit and things of this nature, I'd never, se- first of all, I'd never seen anyone get injured and then being at the gym the very next day working around that injury, right? right. I'd never seen that before. And you start to see that with people where activity is a priority in their life. And so probably the biggest thing that I've seen for pregnant moms is to stay active, very active um, during the pregnancy. There's no question in my mind that the women that are most active as long as possible, right, and are able to control their weight. We work with pregnant moms all the time. And so I have the, the client give me what the weight gain should be and then we manage it that way right so activity is a super big one now this is the one i guarantee you you've never heard women gain a lot of muscle during pregnancy Mm. to give you an example we were really interested in this concept and so we had we we have so many pregnant moms i mean you know I'm not making a pitch for this, but, but at, at the end of the day, you know, if you're constantly under eating and you're trying to get pregnant, it's not going to help, right? You, you have to make sure that you're eating an adequate amount of food so that your body is healthy and so that, you know, that's a signal to your body that you can, you can bear a child. Well, we have so many pregnant moms as a result of this right? That we started testing them. We would make them go in and get a DEXA scan. And so we had roughly 10 moms and it was shocking the data we got. We never had a mom that didn't gain less than five pounds of muscle during pregnancy, right? So you're talking about your pre-pregnancy weight. Well, guess what? You just added five pounds to it because now you have five pounds more muscle, right? We had one mom gain 11 pounds of muscle right? Because during her pregnancy, she had done resistance training. This is part of the thing. I mean, I sort of want to say this for, for all the guys out there, right? I think Matt will agree with me on this. The sexiest thing in the world is your wife eating. <laughs> is, 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 I just want to say that to women, right? Like your wife eating and experiencing joy and having wine and and just all these things that's where you make that love connection for real i'm not joking right when you go on a date where do you go you go to a dinner you go to a restaurant things of this nature where you fell in love you know the men women women have a different relationship with food than men do right? Megan's not going, oh, Matt, he's so sexy the way he's eating those spaghetti and meatballs, right? But she's not saying, but it's like a lady in the tramp. But, but I, but I, I do think women, you know, if if the pandemic has taught us anything, it's that, right? Is that, is that, um, you know, we're all ugly now right? We all have bad hair. We, we all have all these things and we all still love each other, 
right? Mm -hmm. And we're able, I know many of, many of you with the young children, man, God bless you. You know, I went through that without a pandemic. So, so I, I have right. to imagine that's, that that's, that's been a challenge. But at the same time, you know, what you do find is that as you are a couple, you're able to rely on, you know, your mate um, to kind of help you through that. And so I, I definitely want women to hear that message. But, but isn't that interesting about pregnancy weight? So if your pre-pregnancy weight was 135 and you gained 11 pounds, now your, your new weight is 146 and most women don't know that. So yeah. then they're trying to lose weight and they can't lose weight. Well, because they put on 11 pounds of muscle, yeah. right? And so when you think about muscle, right, there's no secrets, right? There's nothing that is really not known from a physiological standpoint, right? And we've known most of this since the 60s, right? The, the, one of the biggest studies that was ever done was the Minnesota Starvation Study. And it could never be repeated because they literally were starving people because of what was going on in World War II where Jews were in encampments and they were starving and they wanted to figure out how to get them back healthy. So they took these Minnesota men and Wisconsin men that were not at war and wanted to do something for the country. And so they participated in this starvation study. Well, the starvation study started them at a baseline of 4,000 calories, right? Um, I guarantee you most men, I guarantee you Matt does not eat 4,000 calories. I certainly don't, right? Um, and, and, and then when they dieted them down, they dieted them to 1,800 calories. Most men are under eating, right, at 1,800 calories. But if you were at 4,000 calories going down the whole way, you can see that they, they actually starved. Right. So, so we know a lot about physiological change and, and what causes it. And the issue is, is that if you're struggling with weight loss, you just have bad math and you just have to gradually work your math. And of course you are working against nature as you grow older. There's just things that happen. You know, I'm dealing with a knee injury right now. That is something that maybe I would not have had at 22 right? And things would have been more favorable, right? In, in that regard. So those are all things that I think are really important. But I think in terms of pregnant moms, um, if, if, you know, my, I don't know any other way to say this, but I've loved every version of my wife, yeah. right? The, con the connection that you make with your wife um, has to be unconditional. Right. And, and what I will say, I think it's Lee Peel is the person that I'm getting this quote from, but no one hates themselves lean. Right. And if you do, you're going to end up in a bad spot. And I think, I think men have a role in that. Right. Um, it, it, I, I, I try not to take credit for my wife's self-esteem and things of this nature. That's very personal to her, but it certainly helps that, I'm supportive of when her hair turns gray during a pandemic and, <laughs> and all these different things, right? If you have that deeper connection, the superficial stuff just doesn't matter as much. I always joke around um, with our friends. Matt definitely loves my body when I'm like eight months pregnant. 
and I'm sure everyone can assume why, but <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely a lot more curvy in all areas. Um, so it's just funny, but you're right. I mean, it would be way different if like, I thought he thought I was like overweight or, but when your husband's like, I think your body looks amazing. Look at all your curves. You did. That's the self-esteem. And, um, I mean, at, at eight months, all the good stuff is bigger. I think more men, I think more men need to get that message um, out there. So that brings me back also to another woman question. Um, the scale. I personally don't get on a scale anymore. I, uh, I used to all the time when I was younger and I, it's the number I was, I was into the number game. And as I get older, I'm more into what do I, what does my body look like and how do my clothes fit? How do I feel about my body? Then seeing the, a number on a scale. Oh, well, we used to work with a lot of adults back in the adult fitness days. I remember having this conversation and it was, it was almost exclusively with women, but they would say like, I want to have, I want to weigh a certain amount. Yeah. And I remember saying, and I would ask this question every time. I'm like, okay, what if you looked exactly how you wanted to look, but on the scale you were 20 pounds heavier than you wanted to be. They said, I would hate that. Yeah. And it was always like, I was always confused. And I would be like, well, it's going to be hard for you to be happy if, if that's how you're kind of approaching this because the, you know, you've got to like quit thinking that the scale is the end all be all. Yeah. I disagree with both of you. And here's <laughs> why the, the, and people are going to go, well, he's the nutrition guy. He's supposed to believe this. Well, no science shows us that people that are more conscious of their weight, maintain their weight better. When you are not looking at the scale, now we'll talk a little bit about your side of things and, and how we can kind of work through that. But at the end of the day, you know, ignorance is not better, right? Yeah. And I don't, I'm, not, I'm not saying that from a negative standpoint, because I know a lot of times, you know, people will take ignorance as meaning like, oh, that's demeaning. No, I'm saying like not knowing is not better, yeah. right? Um, what the real problem that Matt's describing is, is the expectation. So you have a lot of, you know, men and women. Okay. I mean, men also have these issues with body dysmorphia and things of this nature. This is not uncommon. You know, I can tell you that as I'm in my leanest states, I become much more obsessive about the scale going down and things of this nature. And so when you look at it realistically, it's about the expectation of what the scale is supposed to say, right? So one of the things that I don't think most people realize is they go, well, I have a bad metabolism or I have a good metabolism. You're not blessed with a good or bad metabolism. You know, it's, it's sort of like the, the Henry Ford saying, right? Whether you think you can or you can't, you're, you're right. right. And so, so metabolism is one of these things that is not static. And when I ask people, everybody knows what I'm talking about is that if you eat, your metabolism is better. So wouldn't it make sense that strategically your calories should be higher so your metabolism could function better? And when I say it to that, when I, so we do all these polls 
and everyone answers all the polls right, right? And when you ask in the comments, they don't always understand the specifics of it, but for the most part, they get it. Yet, there will be people in comments that admit, the only way I can lose weight is if I'm eating 1,100 calories or I'm eating, you know, a man eating 1,400 calories or something in this nature. And you cannot maintain muscle, which is another significant part of metabolism, eating that low right? So you have to understand that the scale is going to fluctuate, right? And so the way that we designed our program is that there are days where you're lower and that there's days with you're higher. This is not, this is not like something, you know, um, that is, is brand new. These are concepts related to intermittent fasting or, or low carbohydrates. All of these things aren't completely wrong, right? But, but more often than not, it's about you know, it's like trying to use a, a screwdriver when you need a hammer, right? Yeah. Or something of that nature. It's probably actually the opposite. Most people use the hammer when they need a screwdriver, right? And, and that's really what weight loss is like. And so, you know, our clients are taught that weight is supposed to fluctuate. And then we take those seven days and we have them weigh daily because we want to see how they react. Now, there are some people that have a complicated eating history, right? Maybe eating disorders, things of this nature. And we will adjust things for those people. But more often than not, when you're seeing success and you understand why you're seeing the success, you don't have any problem weighing yourself, right? Because you're, you're getting the desired result. The problem is, is that the, most of the people that don't weigh themselves aren't getting their desired result. Right. And so I can tell you something that may be uncomfortable for you to hear, but you're probably under eating a little bit because you're not weighing yourself. If you had more information in that regard, that would be helpful. Now, let's get back to what Matt said. Well, when I was 18, I was 120 pounds and I felt great. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, naturally, as a human being, you're supposed to add muscle so that you live longer. That's why all these kids that live near my high school, they all don't have any muscle, right? And they're just, they're just running around, you know, the high school all the time. And you ask every teenage boy, what would they want? Well, they want more muscle, right? They want to look more masculine for the women so they can attract the mate, right? Well, all that running around your high school is not going to help. It can be a, a helpful part to the solution, but it can't be like the only thing. Right. And the problem is, is that when you go to the weight room, it takes time to see that. Right. Yeah. And and I will say, like a lot of what you're doing with Parent Strong, I love it so much because it's so much better than what I see happening. Now, I know you're doing a lot of hit. I would make an argument for some slower stuff. I definitely see that occasionally also. Right. But what's happening is, is we've sort of defaulted to these 15-minute sessions, 10-minute sessions to kind of get in a workout, when in reality, you're, you're only really going to build muscle, right, um, when you have slow movements. And that doesn't need to be with a barbell. It can be with your body, right? Yeah, totally your body... Yeah, country strong. Yeah, we have, a, we have a workout called country strong, and it's supposed to be slower... It's all body weight, like squats, push-ups, dips, 
So, and we want people to record their reps, and then literally if they get one or two reps more every week, they do that, that's yeah. a win. Because over right. time, that would really, you know. But all really like good reps. Every rep yeah. should be a good rep, yeah. Another, another good way to measure would be the time, right? Mm -hmm. So like, for instance, if you're doing a dip, and you can go one, two, three, and then come up one, two, three. Same thing with a squat, one, two, three. Those things, you know, reps are, are good. You certainly want, but, but good reps are better, right? It's like, it's like um, better is always best, right? Well, I think one of the things we try to do with that is I think a lot of people assume you have to be in the weight room for an hour, yeah. hour and a half. You have to be doing like some crazy exercise from men's health where you're doing a backflip and a push-up. Because a lot of people say, well, I don't, I don't have time to work out, right? And there, you know, right. there have been times, you know, where some, some days I have like 10 minutes to work out, you know, or 15 minutes. Well, that, that's, well that's, that's, that's similar to the meal planning discussion, right? right. It's, just not, it's just not important right. to you. Yeah. If, yeah. if it yeah. were more important to you, you would schedule it. Right. Yeah. And, I, and I'm, you know, I, you know, I run a company with 50 people. I'm busy all the time. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but, but I think it's a good point where you're saying like this 15 minutes somewhere on else. Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it sets you up for success, but it also saves you all this time. And also, like one of the reasons I wear the same shirts and the same pants and the same socks is like I want to remove as many like non-important decisions from my life and if you have things already prepped you just don't have to worry about it or think about where you're going to eat you know it removes a lot of that and one of the things we try to tell you know if you might only have 15 minutes a day to work out so you can do zero because you think you have to have an hour and a half or you could work out for 15 minutes over the course of the week mm -hmm. and actually have a really good week yeah you know so there's a, there's a couple things I wanted to hit on there too, because um, the most valuable exercise tool, and actually from a scientific term, it's called LIS. It's low intensity, steady state work. It's walking, right? Mm -hmm. Too often we get into jogging and jogging at higher rates and things of this nature. The thing that has benefited me the most in my weight loss journey is walking to this day right now, right? Every day I can go for an hour walk and just talk with my wife and, and, and you can be with your family. That's the one thing that's been amazing about this pandemic is seeing all these families walking around the neighborhood and things of this nature because it's really all that you can do. This number is gonna blow you away. Now I need everybody to understand, I am not Mr. Beast Mode, right? I am not, I'm not, I don't, you know, I do have a ridiculously high deadlift for for my body weight and for my age, um, just it's my unicorn lip, right? But but I tracked everything along the way, right? And and I, and and what I said to my logical brain at that point was that more information was better. And and I of course I threw a hissy fit, right? Of course when I when I went and got my body fat tested at the University of Minnesota, and it wasn't what I thought it was going to be, which in probably 40 instances, I got the result I thought I was going to get three times. It was unreal. And, and, and I learned so much doing that. But when I first started body fat testing, I'd already lost 
70 pounds, right? So I'm at, I'm at 185 at this point. And I legit had tears when I got it, right? Because I was 33%. I, I looked at myself and, and I was already a, a relatively lean person, right? I lost seven. I come so far. I was so convinced that the data was wrong. I did it again, right? And it was sort of that, that old, you know, one time you see something, no big deal. Two or three times you look around, maybe you are a horse kind of thing. Um, once you start getting the same data over and over again, it tells you the story that you need to hear. And that was a story that I needed to hear. And at that time, I had 129 pounds of lean mass as a 185 pound man, right? So I was roughly 33, 33 34%. Um, and so I was chasing body fat like the whole time and, 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 you know, really focused on that probably more than I should have. Right. Once I got down to like 149, my left eye was like twitching. I, I was, I had kind of like legit. I mean, and, and women can relate to this because, you know, a lot of the hypothyroid and things of this nature, we're doing some of this to ourselves. I'm hypothyroid. Right. Um, and part of it is just these endless dieting cycles from when I was 30 to, to 40. The last thing I'm going to say is right now I have 172 pounds of lean mass. I have put on 43 pounds of muscle. And I'm just going to tell you, I have not, you know, lifted weights. I don't go to the gym for two hours a day. I'm doing all the things that many of you are doing. The difference is I'm doing it with food and you aren't, right? Yeah. One of the polls that we recently did was, is if you could diet down to a weight and your weight upregulated over the course of two years, would you, be, would you rather do that and eat more flexibly and then manage your weight every two years or have a more rigid approach where you're trying to stay roughly the same weight. That's not what actually happens though, but, but that's a whole different discussion. We've already gone really long with a lot of this stuff. And everyone answered it right, right? They all answered it, yes, you know, if my weight went up five to 10 pounds, I would be happy um, to, to eat more flexibly and manage my weight. But that's not really what happens. We all kind of imprison ourselves with these ideas and we never get to that place where food actually becomes an ally and you can gain that type of muscle. And so when the guy says, you know, I have a dad bod, well, if you have a dad bod, you're doing the eating part, right? You're just not doing, you're just not doing the physical part, right? And I get, this is why men have sustain, I mean, this in testosterone, substantially more muscle. Men don't diet near as much as women do, Right. And so we naturally have healthier metabolisms along the way. The biggest struggle that I have, when I look at my obesity journey, I literally dieted my way. I was 185, 190 pounds forever, right? And then once I wanted to get to 175, that's what actually got me to 255, right? Because I just did not have the level of understanding that I have now. So real quick, too, I want to hit on this. Um, we had a mom who asked about, and I know you saw this, the vegetables. 
um, just maybe if you have some quick tips on getting your kids to eat vegetables um, a little bit more. So once again, you got to be smarter than the kid, right? <laughs> and so, so all they are is just like an open nerve and, and they're running around. And I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I was hungry all the time. Right. And then I would want to come in at like three o'clock to be in the air condition. By the way, I'm from Louisiana originally. So, um, so I'm, I'm one of us. Right. <laughs> um, and my mom, you know, it, it's like 98 degrees, you know, a thousand percent humidity. And I want to come into the air condition. And my mom's like, go outside until the street light comes on. Right. Yeah. So it's a, it's a different time than it is right now. But I would come in and I was starving. Right. And so what we did as a family, once we started to move to get healthier, was we always had vegetables prepared. Now, you don't have to get crazy here. This is similar to what I was saying with, with you know, meal planning. If you just need to buy a vegetable tray at the, at, at, at the grocery store or a bag of broccoli or carrots or, or whatever, do it, right? But as you're making meals, put those vegetables on the table. And, and, and don't be worried about ranch dip and stuff like this. This is, this is the, the thing that honestly bothers me so much. There's just this thought process, like all these things, like, is that paleo? Is it not paleo? Is that real food? Is it not real food? Trust me, if a caveman was hungry, yeah. you know, and, and the ranch dressing made, <laughs> made the broccoli more edible, he would eat, he would it. eat it, yeah. you know? And, and so, so I think you're, you're, you're equating your health journey differently than your kids' health mm -hmm. journey, right? And, and your kids are fine with macaroni and cheese. How many times have you put out macaroni and cheese for your kids and then they only eat half of it? And you're like sitting there going, what is up with this crazy kid? Right? They, get, they can eat to their level of hunger. Well, the problem isn't that they can eat it. They know no world where food is ever being denied them. The reason why you could overconsume macaroni and cheese or a Twix bar or a Snickers or whatever is because you're denying yourself it all the time. That's a big piece of addiction, by the way. That was a little bit of the discussion from earlier. So put that out. Don't be worried about ranch dressing. and Trust me, the 20 calories from ranch dressing, you'd much rather have your kids getting those 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 vitamins also smoothies and things of that nature are also really healthy um, much more healthy than you think you got to realize that your kids need calories yeah. right that, that that's a big part and and so you know when you look at broccoli and things of this nature it's really hard to get a lot of calories from that so when you look at smoothies that have 300 to 400 calories in it it can really power your kids especially as they get older right my kids are great. My daughters are both vegetarians, right? They've had to be much smarter related to their nutrition because of protein. So protein is another one that parents struggle with a lot because kids don't necessarily like the texture of meat or right. things of this nature. Some kids do, but not all kids do, right? They, they want to eat hot dogs. They want to eat hamburgers. Things are easily consumable. Well, I would argue that um, you're not in a bad place you know, if your kids are eating a, a hot dog, though hot dogs don't necessarily have a lot of protein. One little hack that you can do, and I would argue that you should maybe try to look for kind of a cleaner version, um, 
And, um, but whey protein, right? Um, so, so most of us are comfortable with whey protein coming out of the gym, things of this, this nature, and we drink it, but for some reason it's not safe for kids. And there's no reason that it shouldn't be. Whey protein is right there with eggs in terms of bioavailability related to, to protein. Anything that you drink is more bioavailable than anything that you would eat because your body has to break it down and things of this nature. Now there's arguments for steak and chicken and things of this nature from the standpoint of satiety, right? And hunger signaling and things of that nature. But in terms of your kids getting enough protein, really you want to use your guide. If you have a 60 pound child, right? You want to get them roughly, you know, 40 to 60 grams of protein. And you can do that by putting the protein in their oatmeal, into a smoothie, making sure they're having yogurt, right? All these different things. And, and once again, those little guys will trick you, right? So make sure that when they're hungry, you put out something that's good for them. Yeah. Right? I like the vegetable tray idea. Like just pull out the vegetable tray here. While you're cooking dinner. Yeah. So like, we still, you know, our kids would totally go for like the chips or something, right? Oh, I just need a snack before dinner. But if we put out, I mean, uh, our daughter loves cucumbers. So if I could put out the vegetable tray and, and they like carrots too. Um, I think that would really help. Well, and I think that, that your picky eaters person kind of hit on this a little bit, right? Where, we're, we're having this kind of religious thoughts related to food, right? And macaroni and cheese is bad and spaghetti is bad and things of this nature. These are calories, right? Yeah. And, and when well, you look not. at, and when you look at how, you know, if you want your child to grow and we all do, right? Insulin is a favorable part of this. One of the worst things is this war on insulin, right? Because, you know, there's this idea of, well, everything that, that, you know, is a carb turns into sugar in your body. Well, your brain lives off of sugar, right? Which is glucose. Your, your organs live off of sugar, right? And, and so it's so important that it'll make it if you don't give it, right? Yeah. And so, so when you want your kids to grow, you want to make sure that they have protein, but they also have carbohydrates yeah. in their diet. So having macaroni and cheese, you know, certainly let, let's, let's be smart about yeah. how we're integrating some of these things. And you probably want to go less hot dogs and more hamburgers, right? And then move the hamburgers to maybe like a, you know, a, a chicken patty or something of this yeah. nature, but but don't be super concerned about yeah. your your kids' calories. Trust me, they're and gonna she, burn it off. Yeah, and, and my favorite part when she said, you know, what's most important is your kid is healthy and thriving, right? And and don't worry too much about their vegetables and all this stuff. As long as they're healthy and thriving, let's slowly integrate the healthier foods. The enduring piece, the message of Eat to Perform, and, and, and I used to say this all the time, is, but it, it was really slightly insensitive, so I kind of got away from it, but you definitely can see this with children, is that the things that you eat 
that often will make you obese without activity, make you jacked with activity, right? right? And so, so you already have your kids doing active things. You have them in Kids Strong, right? There's so many women and men right now going to the gym, working out at 60%. I don't understand why you would go to the gym, why you would make it a priority in your life and then show up hungry, show up intermittent fasting, you know, and I'm a, I'm a fan of intermittent fasting. Right. But, but, but the problem is, is that so many people are using many of these tools the wrong way. I don't intermittent fast all the time, but certainly if I'm, you know, in a cutting cycle or something like that, it can be a useful tool to manage calories. It's not magic, right? Um, any of my clients that, that, you know, we always tell them, I was like, you know, the windows that you want to be in, they can be whatever it is, right? If you want to start eating at noon, you can. If you want to, if you can last as long as six, you can. Because they have specific calories for that day right Mm -hmm. it's always the calories matter way more than the time right there's no there's nothing magic about six o'clock you know or noon or or whatever it is right so we're all falling for all these things like low carb right it's not it's not the it's not the carbs it's not fats right it's the calories that are doing the magic right and the calories on both sides and i i know i've i've kind of harped on that a lot but it really is, you have to be up so you can use that math when you need to go down. And that's, that's the only way to really get kind of that optimal weight loss and, and fat loss over time. Sweet. Oh, I appreciate it, man. We're going to finish no up. No problem. Uh, if anybody wants to find you or find Eat to Perform, where do they go? And we'll put the links in the bottom. Yeah, just go to eatperform.com. We have we have a free trial. Um, so if you're interested to see what it's like, um, I will say like don't join if if you're just kind of casual about it, right? Like it's not it's not something that's like, well, I, I eat mostly good most of the time and go off the rails on the weekends. No, this is this is serious stuff. You know, we we work with, you know, the 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 plan you're going to get is the same plan that our Olympians get, right? It's just a matter of what you can do compared to what they can do, right? And more often than not, people underestimate what they can do. So you can go to Eat to Perform. If you want to talk to a coach, this is one of the things that's actually really cool about what we do. Um, I'm very big into Messenger, Facebook Messenger. I have a team of 12 coaches. They, They not only coach you, but they're sitting there in Messenger waiting to talk to you if you're looking to become a client. So they can actually walk you through what the plan would be, right? Which is something that really you don't get with any other program because you, you usually have to dole out the $149.95 or whatever it is that they charge. Um, and then the, the last part that we do is we have the option. You can either use a free trial or you can get a custom meal plan. I think for like Lisa's question, we started to do these custom meal plans because people needed specifics to get kickstarted. Right. And, and that, you know, having a coach hand write things based on, on your stuff. And if you say to the coach, I have children, do you have any suggestions for my children? They will give you suggestions for their children also, but I'm just telling you, 
macaroni and cheese is fine for kids. <laughs> you know, it really is. Our, our kids sure get enough of that, but they're constantly yeah. running around. So yep. awesome. Yeah, for sure. Oh, we appreciate it. Our kids are coming in wanting a snack. Which is, uh, <laughs> that time. Awesome. Hey, you know what? Break out that veggie tray. Right? There you go. Thanks, Paul. You, right, you're not going to be smarter than for long. Talk to you later. <laughs>